Action Park Media. Welcome to Victory the Podcast. I am Doug Ellen. I am Kevin Connolly out of the closet. <laughs> that bit got old. You know, honestly, though, you look good. You're feeling good. I'm 100%. And yeah. the baby? Baby is great. Good. It's a little slower on the recovery thing, but it's funny, too, about babies is they have problems without COVID at this age. You know, they're still learning how to go to the bathroom, for God's sake. So, yeah. but the baby is great. Good news. But it's, there's nothing worse. No, I mean, no, I, you no, know. no, it's... My son had jaundice when he was born, Lucas, who played Ari's son on the show, as you, of course, know, Kevin, but he had jaundice when he was born. And I always like to tell this story because I think every person who has a child should have a German shepherd in their house protecting them. Lucas, when he was born, had jaundice, which meant he was like a little yellow. I forgot exactly what it is. Kennedy had jaundice as well. Oh, okay. So did a nurse, because I can't believe we have kids that are 19 years apart. That's nuts. Right. But because you and I are like basically the same age. You're (laughs) old. So, but- he had jaundice and a nurse comes to the house and pricks him with a needle. So she went up the stairs, pricked him, and he started screaming, whatever, he's a baby, it hurt. Right. The next day she comes back, she's got to do the blood test again. My German shepherd ran up the stairs and stood in front of my son's room and growled at this nurse. It was yeah. amazing. Now the dogs, I mean, great that I don't have a German shepherd. You I, have I, a I, French- Brody is a mini golden doodle, okay? <laughs> but let me tell you something. I don't think he's going to be protecting he Kennedy. He watches Kennedy like a hawk. And plus, the thing about the golden doodle is all I need <laughs> is a 30 second heads up on an intruder and they're going to have a so you so you feel like the bark is enough you give me the heads up you give me a 30 second heads up that somebody's on the premises and they got problems all right so i guess you're really uh advocating that you don't need a german shepherd (laughs) a golden doodle will protect everybody golden doodle a hypoallergenic mini golden doodle well my shepherd now is just uh he's such a badass baron you know you love you i do love him i love i love him more than people i mean Um, that's a fact what uh i know so dylan is uh not with us today he's still with the family back east uh he's recovering but you know he, he he bucked up and he came in uh that day so it was nice to to get him in and then and then uh i know we always say this joking around but dylan will be back full time with us shortly yeah uh, he's got a new lease on life with the podcast he seemed kind of pumped didn't he yeah he almost produced it last week you know he was right. calling up and and you know his father had just passed away right. and i said kev just focus he goes no no, no it's good for me this yeah will help keep me. his mind so, off it of course but we got things happening with the podcast august 29th we are doing the brain improv. improv. Okay. Yes, it is are, happening. Right. So it got delayed because uh, Kevin was sick and Kevin Dillon's family. So right. hopefully nothing else happens. And then September 8th, we're going to Hawaii. Right. Like We Connelly, are going to Hawaii. Whoever it, didn't it, listen to last week, Conley is so stressed because he thinks like Dylan and I are going to ruin his family vacation. That's so funny. <laughs> I, I knew, I was like, uh, Zulai actually said, did you actually say that? I said, well, yeah. I did. I said it. I mean, I, I here's what here's what it is. It's so funny because when you watch the social clips, like you knew right away where I was going with that. But like it took Dylan a second and you could just see this like look of almost disgust on his face. It's like, well, we don't want to see you either. <laughs> like Dylan, I felt like I hurt Dylan's feelings. You definitely hurt Dylan's, Dylan's feelings. feelings. You know what? I, you're a little, uh, this would be a great vacation movie. This is like Clark Griswold. Like you're kind of have this whole plan. And also it actually, Vince and he had this situation, didn't they? With Napa or something? Oh, they wanted to go on separate trips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. No, I, listen, I, first of all, it's a different, you know, we, we had the lockdown with COVID. Then Zulai was pregnant. Then everybody got sick. We're taking a vacation. We are taking a vacation. I just thought it was funny. First of all, I'm also looking forward to doing the podcast in Hawaii. I think it'll be awesome. Granted, I have to lug all the shit around. I didn't really understand what you just said sounded like even more confirmation that you don't want to hang out with us in Hawaii. No, I do. You're taking a vacation. I I do. And like you said, I want to, I want to, we want to play golf. 
you know, we're going to do the podcast. I, I just at a certain point, you know, it's going to, we're going to take some independent days. Can you imagine this Dylan showing up at the room like 1 a.m.? He's like, yo, what's up? (laughs) Sits down, watching movies in the room. Or, I I mean, the idea of us, I mean, like, look, if it works out where we're eating, like, I'm not going to like, you imagine you and Sarah and Amy and Dylan's like sitting down at the restaurant. Baby's screaming. Us walking by you guys at the table going like, hey, how you you doing, guys? What's going on? Oh, also reminds me, you know, we're on the same floor. Flight. You already got it? You're oh, on the yeah. flight? Oh, I'm on your flight. Me, July, Kennedy. We're going to have a little baby with you on the flight, Doug. All I hope right. you got your earphones. You know, I got my uh, Apple AirPod Maxes, but you know, I, I had some situations. I know you told me, and honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified so of what, it because it's I'm a saying, long let me, flight. Let me explain to people, but you know, when you have a baby, that's probably one of the most nerve wracking things ever. When you're getting on a plane with a baby, you know, there's a good chance they may scream uncontrollably and you know, there's going to be one asshole on the plane right. who, who really is ready to fight you over it. And I almost had a situation like that. Now, Connolly, there is zero doubt if someone lips off to you, you're going to be in a brawl. You're going to no, get I'm us landed in the middle of the fucking I'm not Pacific. Off the flight. I'm going to pick the baby up. I'm going to start marching up and down the aisles, <laughs> bouncing her around, like trying to get her to calm down, but not getting kicked off. We're going to Hawaii. The other thing you forget, five hours and 50 minutes. That's a long flight. It's a really long flight. So can, she doesn't sleep for five hours. So even if we can get her to take her, you know, some kind of a nap where she sleeps for half the flight, we're still two and a half hours. Of, uh, I planned it so much in trip. advance. Listen, I'm not worried about it at all. It's, I, I'm supportive of your baby. But I, I, when I used to take my kids on long flights, I, I, days I would try to, I would try to tire them out, not let them go to sleep earlier. Right. But this is a young baby. I didn't fly that early. You're flying right. early. So yeah, but we'll, we'll get there. It'll be okay. What's going on today? What's going on today? We today, got, we this got is exciting. John Cavanaugh, Conor McGregor's coach. And he's Irish-Irish. He's Irish-Irish. Right? Born in Ireland. He's going to, I'm going to ask him flat out if you're allowed to say you're Irish, if that's offensive, because some people have claimed that you're not, you and Dylan can't say that because you're American. Right. I'm from Long Irish Island. Roots. I'm from Long Island. Yeah. But I love Ireland. Yeah. And you're Irish. I, and we'll ask him if Irish crickets are offensive. <laughs> he might kick the shit out of both of these. So. Um, well, yeah, I'm curious. I, I, I have, I have I have questions for him. Do you think, because I've been seeing, I'm following Connor on social media, Connor McGregor's in LA. Any chance, if you were guessing right now, we don't know, he's not here yet. Any chance that he leaves with my Connor McGregor chair and gets a signature? So Connolly, for anyone who didn't listen to that, he he walked out of a Connor McGregor uh, Khabib fight. Khabib fight. He took a chair and he's wanted for years. I mean, he carried this thing around Vegas on a plane I got it in back the airport. To the house. It's in the office, and he wants it signed. And I get that. And uh, Ken Austin, proper twelve, sort of alluded to the fact that maybe he'd get it done. Well, I mean, I think happened. it's a it's a matter of opportunity, yeah. right? Like, is Connor McGregor going to? drive over here from the Beverly Hills Hotel? Probably not. If Conor McGregor were walking down the street and I said, hey, I would look like a jerk-off loser. Hey, Conor, uh, it was my chair. Would you mind <laughs> signing it? I would hate to do that. I would in a heartbeat. But I think this we guy, find out where Conor is and we bring that I, chair over. Well, I would like to, to ask Mr. Kavanaugh, take the chair, get Conor to sign it, and then I'll come meet you wherever and grab it. I think what's funny is to just tell me what's more important to you, that you want this chair signed. But what would you rather him come and do Victory the Podcast? Or of course. Well, uh, they get best of both worlds. If he does the podcast, he's definitely going to sign the chair. So we got to try that. I mean, right. I mean, the re- I guess you're right. The real play is can we get Conor McGregor? Can you imagine McGregor sitting in that chair? I have anxiety even <laughs> dreaming up that image. But um, I'm going to yeah. ask Kavanaugh, what do you think about this? Since Dylan's not here and Dylan actually said it was okay. I thought he was going to get mad at me, but he said it was okay for me to ask Chuck Liddell, who would win a fight between a, a healthy Ronda Rousey and a healthy Kevin Dillon? How about an unhealthy Ronda Rousey? <laughs> How about a pregnant Ronda a Ron- Rousey? Pregnant Ronda Rousey, I, 
Dylan, I love you. I think you get dropped super quick. I mean, beyond super quick. Like, right. like arm bar, like, what are we talking arm? about? I don't even think she hits him with the arm bar. I think she throws a right hand at him and drops him. I would, do. Would you even contemplate? I mean, if I said a million dollars, you know, um, and Ronda Rousey can legitimately do whatever she wants to, to you physically. Well, no, because I would either get knocked out or I would tap out. But for a million dollars, I would give it my absolute, I would put my hand on the Bible and give it 100% <laughs> of my effort. I would give it the best I had. Yeah, I would like and to And I would that. get, and it would be 15 seconds, 10 well, seconds. Well, John Cavanaugh's got this thing that we'll talk to him about. Uh, he's got this new company that will will wait for him to get here, but it says takes wimps uh, and turns them into warriors <laughs> who are ready to take uh, MMA fights. Are you so, saying I'm a wimp? No. Turn me into a warrior? Uh, you're, you're ahead. You're ahead. You're like two two levels above wimp. Right, right. So I'm like, uh, yeah, exactly. Four levels, levels below warrior. And- if, if, if wimp is one and warrior is 10, I'm a three, right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious to talk to this guy. I mean, listen, he's, I mean, and this is Conor McGregor's guy, right? So he's got he's got the inside out. Do we do we ask him? Do we can we ask some hard questions? I think not hard I, questions. I think we do anything, but you know he's he was a fighter and a good fighter. So he'll fuck us both up. I'm, I'm just saying if he doesn't guy. like the questions, I'm not gonna fight the guy. Last thing before we get going, you know, uh, out of Action Park Media today, I'm I'm gonna shoot a trailer for this Hollywood Ways podcast. Right? right? I heard that. Are you excited? Because I, I finally am. have a co-host. Well, listen, I look. I, I just watch you. I watch you pedal on the show. I'm like, man, this guy's got to deliver on the product. <laughs> Not even like the quality of the product, just the product altogether. Yeah. Right? It's really you, funny though. You gotta I, lay something down. I have been promoting, and to be totally honest, I'm not bullshitting. I don't. I don't know what it is. Right. As of 24 hours ago, I thought it was gonna be Scott Con and Breezy. Uh, now, Breezy is from uh, All American. She's awesome, very cool, young actress, rapper, very cool. And Scott Kahn and her, I thought we were doing it together, but Scott uh, is unavailable today. So this is what happens in the podcast world. It's not like uh, when we're shooting Entourage, if Adrian says he's unavailable That's, for the day, we no, find you, somebody else. You don't, you, no, you, you're not unavailable. It's almost like um, if you're a professional athlete and your cousin's getting married yeah. at game two, you're not, going, you're not going to the wedding. You gotta play. And right. that was always the thing. I mean, listen, whatever. And we're done talking about the, the bummer stuff on here, but I don't know if you remember when my mom died a couple of days before we started shooting season six. And I remember you looking at me like, because uh, I understand production and you were yeah. like, you know, we got to, we got to go. Oh, he's like, making me sound. No, no, but it, no, it's true. We had Tom Brady. We had the golf course. It's not like, all right, well, we'll just do that next week. Like at a certain point, you got to do it. And the problem with the podcast world is that it's still a little loosey-goosey. That's the interesting thing about it. Nobody, even though we're actually, Action Park Media has delivered, and you guys have listened, real money. Like we're making real money now, which is amazing and incredible. And hopefully these live podcasts work. But when you're starting up one, there's nothing. So when I'm like right. asking Scott Kahn to come do a podcast, I'm offering him nothing. Right. I'm like, we may get there. We may not, right. you know? So it really is about everybody going, let's grind. And it's so funny to watch now. In the last two weeks, Rob Weiss's podcast started, uh, The Cray, Jeremy Piven's podcast started, and uh, which is good. Have you listened to Piven? Yeah, no, it's great. Listen, the thing that I always say, and as CEO and founder of Action Park Media, <laughs> the question is always, what's episode 102? 103, right? You could jump in there and knock out of of some good content. Keeping it going is the hard part. I mean, we've done really well with Victory Man. We have not missed Maybe it's one week, but we'll always have at least one episode. And that's really difficult. As you see, it's easy to disappear or you burn out on it or you get another job or whatever. So keeping the train on the tracks is the tricky thing with a podcast. And that's what you have to do. So when you're choosing your co-host or whatever for Hollywood Ways, you just got to have somebody that's committed like you, period. 
Yeah. Well, I'm so. a grinder. You know I'm a grinder. Yes, you so. are. Anyway, there will be a trailer of some sort in the next, I don't even know how long it takes to get. You probably know better than me, but a week, a day. Yeah, a couple of days. So hopefully there'll days. be a trailer. Anyway, follow that. Hollywood Ways will be right back with Connor McGregor's coach, John, John Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. All right, welcome back. Exciting guest. I mean, we're, we're all, we had Chuck. We got L- questions. We had Chuck Liddell on last week, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was fun. And now uh, Conor McGregor obviously took a, a serious injury in the last fight. We want to talk about it with it. But John Cavanaugh, Coach Conor McGregor. Head coach. Who's got a great new uh, company called... The Warrior Training Program. The Warrior, the training, training, Warrior program. training Program. Okay, yeah. so we talked about it before he got on. It's basically so. taking a beginner. Like, it, it's okay to be as big, much of a beginner as you possibly want. And start. The, the more beginner, the better. Right. It's always a common question. It's so, like, well, do I need to know something beforehand? And it's like, actually, we prefer you're overweight, out of shape, and I've never done any martial arts. We'll take any level, but that's our preferred customer because then we get a very dramatic change over the 20-week period. It's 100 lessons, wow. 20 weeks. We train you five days a week. And at the end of it, you get the option of having your first amateur MMA contest. Jesus. Most take us up on I want to. I want to do this. Is this in LA? Oh, wow. I don't want to do oh, the... I, I already have the option. I'm not going to do the fighting, <laughs> but I want to do... <laughs> I would Christ. love to do the training. Yeah, you know, a lot of people just do it for that, just to push themselves. And the, maybe they're tired of swinging a kettlebell or on a treadmill. This is like you're learning a new skill. You join with 20 other people that are all on the same page you know everybody's starting on the same level and then at the end of 20 weeks we see some fairly dramatic physical changes but it's what happens on the inside you know people i love it so i more confidence I, doug try not doug's gonna doug's get ready to laugh here but i am pretty athletic guy i'm uh I've, for, for you look pretty uh, small for an undersized guy i i can take pretty good care of myself i was i wrestled when i was younger that you're, said you're on the adult uh skate team <laughs> i play adult roller <laughs> hockey but you know that said i've not ever done anything so if I were to say, starting from, obviously I'll be starting from the beginning, but I do have a little bit of athleticism. How long does it take to make a real jump starting from scratch in jujitsu or any kind of martial arts? mixed martial arts. That's sort of why the program came about because we never really had an answer for that before. Some people were a year, some people were five years and they're still figuring out their left hand from the right hand. But this one, we really spend a long time trying to condense the fundamental skills of fighting, whether it's striking or the grappling. We got it down to a 100 lesson program. And by the end of 20 weeks. That's like, a lot of lessons. Yep. Yeah, 100 yeah. lessons is a lot of lessons. It's intense. It's, right. it's five days a week for 20 weeks. Uh, most people do more than 90% of the classes. What's the cost? Um, it's about, I think it works out about $20 a class. All right. So I'm willing to, Kylie, I will pay for your class. I'll do it with you if you, if you, oh, God, if you God, fight God. at I the end. I will fucking choke you no, out. No, no, I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to fight <laughs> anybody. Choke I'm, you not, right I'm not fighting. But I, I will, you know, this guy. <laughs> He's, which I need to ask you this. Connolly, Dylan, unfortunately, is not here. His, his father passed away last week. He would love to be here. He's a big fan of yours. Um, are they allowed to call themselves Irish? We get a lot of slack. They are very proud that they're Irish, but they're American. I'm from Long Island. But there's some people in Ireland who write messages to us, like, tell these guys to stop calling themselves Irish. And then other people go, of course they're Irish. What, what's your feeling on this, since you are Irish? Uh, I think there's people I get upset about everything. <laughs> yeah, you're, you feel Irish, you're Irish to me. <laughs> well, I mean, I I am of Irish descent. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I, I'm I'm, I'm with Irish, you. Yeah. I think you are Irish. I, well, I've I, been in this company five minutes, and all he's done about uh, talk about is fighting and he wants to fight people. So <laughs> I feel I'm I feel I'm at an Irish bar with a friend he's of mine. He's also drunk as hell right now. <laughs> yeah, right. I wish. I well, wish. it's five o'clock somewhere in the world. It's right? Five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> How long with? Uh, let's say somebody is. Um, moving forward at a pretty good rate, right? And they have a natural, they just got a knack for it, whatever that might be. Maybe they have some kind of background and something. How long does it take? 
Because I feel like people throw the word black belt around. What really makes you a black belt? Who decides that you're a black belt? And what's a real black belt and a fake black belt? Does that make any sense? It does. It's, it's, it's almost like the difficulty in trying to put a belt on art or like playing the guitar. You know when you listen to someone that they're very good at the guitar, they're very good at the guitar. And you can fake it as much as you can fake being good at the guitar. If you have someone in who claims they're a martial arts expert, claims they're a guitar expert, you hand them a guitar and it's trang, trang. You're like, well, I guess you talked a good game, but you couldn't actually do it. And with jiu-jitsu, for example, a black belt in jiu-jitsu, one of my students, Gunnar Nelson, who's in the UFC also, he got his black belt in just under four years, which is very, very unusual. Wow. I took I took over 12 years because I'm clearly a fast learner. So, you know, different <laughs> people do it at different rates. It, this it's, really depends. It really depends. And you when know, you say 12 years, is that a daily? I was training thing? all day, every day. I was obsessed with it, especially in the early days. So I put a lot of time and effort into it. Now, in my defense, we, we were the first group of people in Ireland doing it. So I actually came out to L.A. almost it is over 20 years ago to do my first three month stint I went to the Machado Academy in, in Huntington Beach it was very it was kind of the mecca of jiu-jitsu at the right. time I'd met John Machado they're cousins of the Gracies at a seminar in London and then I made my way, way out here did a couple of months came back a lot of uh, you know pause and re- replete watching early UFCs watching Hoist Gracie on VHS tips nobody remembers them anymore and which uh, is crazy right? right yeah and then grabbing my little brother and kind of twisting his arm till he screamed <laughs> and going oh that's a technique you know write that one down right so it is sort of a, a, a very much trial and error approach to learning jiu-jitsu now with things like the warrior training program we've really condensed what are the not the most basic skills but the most fundamental the most important skills because jiu-jitsu is very confusing. There's thousands of techniques. You can get very confused going down this labyrinth of various leg locks, arm locks, chokes, etc., etc. But if you watch enough fights, which was the approach I took, I have a degree, I have a background in engineering, so I was trying to <laughs> apply that right. way of thinking to martial arts. Well, I realized over a thousand fights, there was a certain number of moves that were repeating more than other moves. You know, you kind of have your fancy moves. You want to learn cool jump spinning kicks, and you want to learn upside down spinning leg locks it's better but to it learn just to choke somebody the back, out rear naked choke holds you know, right in right striking learn how to use your lead hand learn how to use your backhand learn some kicks so there was there were certain skills that were just being repeated so I spend 80% of my time training what happens 80% of the time in fighting and then you leave 20% aside for like a bit of fun you know to break the monotony when you know when you have a fight in 12 weeks time you kind of know how many pad sessions you need to do you know how many spars you need to do you know how much rolling on the ground you need to do. But, you know, the human mind, we need stimulation. We need something to be a bit different. So I always make sure to kind of break up that 12 weeks to have a little bit of fun. The point is you don't want to work on the spinning back kick. The choke hold is something that you want to, you don't want to do anything too fancy because you're not going to be able to use that, right? Right. You You want to be able to. Good old jab is going to save you a lot of time. But my question is, is the program more to get people, uh, competitively fighting or is it more for self-defense? I, I would, it's a bit of everything, you know. I, for me, what I've seen is the main gain out of this is the, the self-confidence that comes through learning how to handle yourself. You know, when I, I actually got into uh, MMA because I got badly beat up in a street fight when I was in my late teens and, and I was searching around for different ways of how, learning how to defend myself more effectively. I found mixed martial arts. I've done it for 25 years now. And I realized looking back, I wasn't looking to learn how to defend myself, I was looking to learn to get more confidence. And when I had the right, confidence... Right, like if something jumps off, I'll choke these motherfuckers out. <laughs> you know, it's different when, when you're talking to somebody that if you have in the back of your head, if this turns physical, that I can handle it. Right. You know, and that could be negotiating yeah. with when I was renting areas for opening a martial arts school. You know, you get, you get an art, a, a negotiation with landlord is getting a little bit 
testy. And with males, I think there's always a slight underlying tread of violence. And dog, no, dog is right. Very violent. <laughs> he is. <laughs> but if you have a, a, an air or a stance or a feel about you that you think, well, if it does go caveman, I'm okay. So let's park that aside and let's see if we can figure this out. So how do you how do you come across how do you end up coaching Conor McGregor the most <laughs> dynamic polarizing uh, I, I just see a, a Conor chair out there That's... Well we're going to get to that uh, Oh we're okay gonna get to all that. right <laughs> We're going to get to uh, that. Kevin so... stole that from one of the fights the Khabib <laughs> fight I'm not kidding Fair play <laughs> So I guess uh, for me I had a bit of an unusual like I, I was coaching pr- probably only 5 years full time when Conor walked in the door you know and some coaches had their whole lifetime waiting for a star, you know, somebody with all, a, a, an unusual blend of factors, the perfect storm of charisma and wit and charm and violence and <laughs> skill and right. intelligence. You know, all of those factors coming together. And I met him when I was 29, still. I was, wasn't even 30 yet. But what do you mean? He just walked into the gym randomly or? So I had another student, actually my first guy that I fought in uh, the UFC, and they, they, they were training together in a club outside of my gym. And he brought him down just to, see what it's like. But was he Conor McGregor yet? Or yeah. Oh, he was. <laughs> I think he was since he was born. <laughs> right, but I'm saying that, uh, did you, was it like, oh my God, Conor McGregor's here? Or, oh, or no, was it more sorry. on the inside? Sorry, yeah. He, he'd only had, um, he'd had quite a few amateur boxing bouts, but he'd never done MMA or competed in MMA, any, anything like that. So it was, it was a, a diamond in the rough, you know, it was, a, right. it, was a, it was a raw gem at the, at the time, but the personality was there, the rambunctious nature, the loud, brash, confident, arrogant, you know, all, all of all those, those qualities. Walked in without all the skills and was cocky. Oh yeah, he thought he was ready. just going to whoop everyone's ass and they won. You know, he had he has this left hand and who can take it? And then right. um, it was a learning experience because he, you know, you've done a, some wrestling like he'd never done any grappling at that stage. So you know, if you for someone who has good like pretty good grappling level, if you want to say in jujitsu terms, I was like a purple belt and I had a little bit of wrestling as well. Like you're like a god to somebody who's never done any grappling. If you've right. never done wrestling or jiu-jitsu and you think you can handle yourself, go to a local jiu-jitsu club, roll on the mat with a purple belt, and it really makes you suddenly realize there's people out there that could really toy with you if they wanted to. Right. So well, Connolly was captain of the high school wrestling team. So <laughs> oh, wow. Do you think he's a god to anyone or no? <laughs> he is to someone who has never done wrestling. And it, it's it's not until you've felt that, especially as a you know most kind of men, we feel we can fight, we know, in innately how to fight and then you get on the mat with a very good wrestler and you're exhausted within two minutes and you're just getting chucked around getting manhandled and it's you know it's so did Connor get a little of that or was he quickly figured out a little bit? You know <laughs> of course. About? I mean, he had to get just, a little bit, right? I just want to know how. Yeah, how- of course. Of course. You know, he didn't, he didn't know grappling at the time. He, I have a, a bit of a funny story. I remember when we did our first kind of wrestling drills and um, I put him on his back pretty fast and, but he kept fighting. And I said, hold on, you see when your back hit the mat? And he says, yeah, he goes, that was me winning. And he goes, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> now, within six months, we're back doing that drill again. And all of a sudden, puts me on my back. Right. And he goes, wait, wait, wait. You see when your back hit the mat there? That was me winning. <laughs> that was me. And I was like, all right. So how, qu- how quickly, though, did you go, holy, holy shit. shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, um, well, I could, you, there's, there's a few qualities that, one of the biggest qualities, and it's a lie for anyone to say, like, I just knew, because one of the biggest qualities that you don't know for at least a year is this quality of stick to Will they keep showing up? Right. Because I've had a lot of guys over the years that for the first couple of months, you're looking at them going, this is a world champion. He's just he's incredible. He's got athlete. it. If he can keep his head in the game and right? train right. But right? do they show up every day for a year? Yeah. And that separates the wheat from the chaff pretty sharpish. Yeah, that's Dylan and, at the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
So with Connor, he did. And then he had, then you could see the other qualities coming through and qualities that maybe you don't initially think of. And certainly one for me would be curiosity. He, he would never take a technique at face value. He'd always ask why. So I'd show a move and he'd go, why are you doing it that way? Why not this way? Well, I actually didn't, didn't really think about that. Like, yeah, right. But let's try both ways. You know, let's try the narrative. So he was a student. He was a student. The, he was a student, which, which you have to be, right? But I think I mean, that's what's so interesting. Mike Tyson was a, a, a very yes. famous student of and, boxing. And, and LeBron James, so many people misjudge great athletes as they're not smart. And they usually are really smart to be. I don't think you can get to a very high level of, of athletics without intelligence. Right. You, you must have that ability. He's not going to sit around reading, you know, <laughs> chemistry book, but that's not where his interest is. Right. When his interest was in this, then he got to the stage where he said he couldn't do anything else but this. He wasn't able to sit through a movie without daydreaming of a, of a silverback gorilla was to break <laughs> in the room. How would he take him? Like, you know? right. Right. So it, it does become an obsession. And, and do you and feel he, he still has that obsession? He's got all the money in the world. I think it's worse now. Wow. I think it's worse now. And I I went through a period of wondering that, and I actually even was after the Eddie Alvarez fight when he was the champ champ, and I told him we were actually at a a function, and I shook his hand, and I said, okay, that's us done. And he was like, what? I said, you've done it. You're you're the champ champ. You've more money than you can spend, so it's time to call it a day. And uh, he fought that pretty hard, and he made great arguments, and we saw with his efforts in the gym that 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 he did want to do more. That he yeah. still has lo- lots in him. And he's still young. You know, he's still a young man. He's in the best shape of his life. Um, he's recovering from that injury. Obviously, that's that's a step back. Well, they say to him, and it's like, honestly, whatever, a bad, you know, Rocky Three reference, but, you know, the yeah. eye of the tiger, right? Like, it's easy to lose the eye of the tiger when you're not hungry that way, when, you're, when you don't know how you're going to pay your rent, and then you're just, you're just fighting on instinct. And then you got a wife and kids and money and... It's. I could see how you would lose it, but he's. You feel like he's. There were. I felt there was definitely a period where he dipped in commitment, and and I guess it's it's a young man suddenly getting a lot of means, and if you've never gone on a yacht or you've never gone on the world holiday, and all of these all of these were in front of him, and yes, he did spend some time getting used to that. And With a Lamborghini of, boat, right? Stuff like that. So you know, there's that like <laughs> Alan Watts speech. He talks about what would you, what would you go through when if you suddenly had all the money in the world, and you know, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to party, you're going to eat this, you're going to try that, you're going to drive this car, blah blah blah. And then eventually, after a while, you turn back to like, okay, I've done all that. You know, I can only have one meal a day. Like, what do I want to do? And then you start actually just going back to doing what you love. And for Connor. It's punching people in the head. Yeah, I think that's what some people don't think. They go, oh, the boxer's got enough money now. The fighter's got enough money now. Why would he keep fighting? But he really loves it. Like, yeah, he and, loves and, getting and in that it, fight. It, it, is com- it does come down to what was driving you. I have plenty, and I've seen it with plenty of fighters, that they do fall out of love with the sport, and it does become a job. And when they do hit a certain monetary you know, amount, yes, they, they do exit. Because it, it, it's just work for them. And they just wanted to get this amount of money, buy their house outright, buy their car outright, not have any big mortgage hanging over their heads, and then they personal train just to eat. Right. And that's fine. And I would actually say that's the majority. When you've done any professional sport, especially fighting, whether it's uh, MMA or boxing, any, they're such, such tough sports physically and mentally. You eventually just go, that, that's, I'm out. It's, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm done with that. But with Connor, it's not that way at all. You obviously could have done... Well, that's Left what you see with a lot, over. Of, a lot of so the he's great actually, ones. His, his incentive, what's driving him, is that he just really enjoys it. Yeah. He loves it. If he, I, I think if he did want to call it a day tomorrow, he's going to be in the gym the following day anyway, doing right. something because 
Yeah. He's not into watching TV. He's not into, that's what he loves to do. Yeah. Do you that's think that he do. just needs to go out on a high note, right? Would like if he got some big fight and, and pulled uh, off he a Conor McGregor done that. He could have done that with the Eddie, right? You know, right. That, was, that was as good He's as it gets. He just loves it. He just that was as good it. as it gets. It was the first time UFC came to New York. We're in Madison Square Garden. You know, we're in the same locker room. Muhammad Ali had been in at one stage. It was just an incredible night. An amazing performance. You know, Eddie Alvarez is a great fighter and he made him look like a beginner. That's when you call it, isn't it? Like you know, the right. champ champ. But it's it's the thriller competition. It's the preparation, the putting himself through a, uh, a fight camp. All of those are the things that I believe are what's making him come back because he just loves it. So I was sitting ringside. And I mean ringside. I was in the first row of the Khabib-McGregor fight. And I'm sitting on this like little cushy chair and it's got <laughs> Connor and Khabib on it. It's a, it's a really nice ringside seat. When all hell broke loose, I simply picked up my chair and walked out with it. <laughs> now, as it, I thought I stole it, but as it turns out, I guess you can keep it. But it was weird because it was like bolted to the, whatever, I get the chair out of it. What do you mean you can keep it? I think if you paid $80 million for your seats or whatever it is they charge, you're allowed to keep the chair. Like walk but out with the, a chair? He, but there were, there um like, Strapped in, I don't know, whatever. I had to get a Let's knife. Get out. I hacked away at it. <laughs> Definitely Irish. I was about to say. I didn't want to say. He's fucking Irish. So I walk. I, sticky I, fingers. I walk out with. I walk out with my chair. I somehow magically get it back to L.A. And now I'm sitting here, and it's like, how do I get the Con How do I get Connor to sign this chair? Is that a possibility? <laughs> is this what this whole podcast was based around? Dude, By is the way, it can I tell you though what I said? I go, you're going to ask him if he can get Connor to sign a chair, but you wouldn't ask him if he can get Connor on the on the. Well, thing. of course you <laughs> want him on the podcast, but he would rather the chair signed. He's no, I'd rather him on this. the podcast because if he does the podcast, he'll sign the chair. So it's a two for one. So is 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 Connor in L.A.? Oh, come on, I'll be guess. walking around with like a loser with that chair under my arm. I'll tell like, you oh, what, when, when we Connor, when yeah. we when we get off air, we'll chat about that. Right. There we'll we go. We that sounded that sounded promising. So what happened? Just let me tell you, John. Um, on the podcast, Kevin talked about it that Connor walked by him, saw him, gave him a high. I five. have it on video. I mean, so he you want me to run a social clip? He thought that a moment. Couple Irishmen, yeah. <laughs> couple Irishmen at the T-Mobile Center. What I would love is you do this 20-week program and then we put you in a little exhibition with Connor. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you got this book you wrote a couple of years ago, which yes. I have not read it yet because... You don't read. Fucking lazy. But uh, <laughs> I, I do. Uh, tell, tell us about that, though. Um, it just sort of came about, you know, as a culmination of a... Of a of, it actually ended on, on a loss. It ended on the Nate Diaz one loss, which was... I didn't mind because that's what I'm trying to get across. For me, professional sports... After a while, you you try to figure out well, what is it about? Is it just a couple of you know a couple of dudes making millions and and everybody sit back and watch them? And for me, and it's why I got really involved in the, the Warrior Training Program was that it was going to get it was going to inspire as many people as possible to make a positive change in their life. And for me, I, I'm a, I'm a lifetime martial arts. It's all I've ever done, and it's all I'll ever do. This was a way of me using that his kind of fame and his uh, position to try and motivate as many people as possible. And then we have on the other side of that a very nicely packaged 20-week program to get somebody from the couch to the cage, if they wish, from someone who's never done anything and maybe is a little bit nervous around martial arts but would like to know a bit more on how to defend themselves, maybe lose a little bit of weight, maybe gain a little bit of confidence, maybe be part of a new community. Maybe they're a fan of MMA, fan of the UFC, and do you want to understand what they're looking at a little bit better? So for all of those reasons, we kind of put those two together and suddenly now we're in... 140 gyms worldwide. We've just completed a, a big funding round so that we can invest more in our technology and in our personnel. Our yeah, goal so what is, is this? You just raised $7.5 million for this? Yes, yeah. And with that, we've taken on some big hires. We've we've hired some big personnel, from, some big names from uh, the two major organizations in the world, UFC and Bellator. 
We have a new co-CEO who's really helping us direct this ship towards a position where we can offer this program to thousands, to tens of thousands, to hundreds of thousands. There's, we're the third biggest sport on the planet. You know, it's, I think it's uh, soccer, basketball, and then mixed martial arts in terms of f- uh, viewership. Half a billion fans worldwide. And a lot of them are looking around and saying, well, where do I start? And, you know, you go in, you think, I'll go down to my local MMA club, but maybe that's an intimidating proposition. It was for me. The first day you walk in, you don't know, do they have a beginner program? I'm starting on my own. This is, you know, if you go into a, a place that has a warrior training program, you know exactly what you're going to get. You can look at some of the lessons online, get familiar, get comfortable with it. It's a bunch of people who are very friendly, very excited to teach beginners. You're going to start with 40 or 50 other people that are on the same but you can't customize your class it's like if somebody comes in and says look man really what i really want to know is how to choke people out right that's what i really want to know is how to choke people out i don't need to learn how to kick or even roll around on the ground i need to learn how to defend myself in a bar can you customize it or is it like we start and you do everything i i would still encourage them to do the 100 lessons it's 20 weeks i think that's about five months it's kind of, again, if we go back to I, I, the guitar analogy, it's like, teach me how to play C. And that's all I want to know. And I'm just going to play C. And it's like, well, you're not going to really make music right. out of that. You got to be able to string the C and the D and the E together. Right. There's, there's a bit of it. And if I'm facing you and it's in a bar and something kicks off, for me to get from here to your back with a choke on, is it's not just learning to choke. It's learning how to defend. Your, you're probably going to throw an overhand right there. when I look at you. I'm going to have to defend that. I'm going to have to arm drag it. I'm going to snip your neck down, get to your back. And then I can play C on your neck. Doug, you wouldn't, you'd be in big trouble, bro. You'd be in big trouble. <laughs> I, I, I'm, re- I'm ready to go to the class. I would love it because it sounds Maybe great. we should do that Get in Shape for Hawaii. Oh, Ooh. I would like it. Can you imagine when, us, when like, imagine us wrestling in uh, Maui, yeah. like wrestling on the beach in our, in our <laughs> geese? Well, actually, that brings us up to something. I got a question for an, an expert viewer, strength versus skills. We've had a little weird conversation in this room that I w- wanted to bring up to Chuck Liddell, but I thought Kevin Dillon was going to lose his mind. Kevin Dillon, he believes that he would do okay in a ring with Ronda Rousey he believes when she was he at the type Ronda of her game. Rousey. What, what, what do you think about that? At, uh, at the top of her game, even well, or and, even and, not. And, and <laughs> I'll take it a step further and say Dylan's tough, right? Um, he's t- yeah, Dylan is tough. And it's certainly, he's a little bit older, but certainly back in the day in an old school street fight, Dylan, and this is confirmed, can 100% throw his hands. I think Ronda Rousey drops him in 15 seconds. I told him that. What do you think, John? What do you think? So strength matters, otherwise we wouldn't divide uh, by weight class. Yep. And it's one of the things I love about combat sports, uh, as opposed to, say, basketball. You know, you probably just wouldn't have made it in the NBA. No matter, problem, that's okay. No matter how much time and effort and, right. and you know, believe, conceive, You see how he looked right at me when he said that? Yep. <laughs> I don't know he, that knows, he, knows, he knows how good my jump shot is. <laughs> oh, God. I just get that sense. Right, right. I was never, uh, right. It was just not in the cards for me to be in the uh, right? NBA. Or, right. Or, or myself. But because we were interested. I was going to say, I don't see you dunking a basketball anytime soon. Uh, I don't think you want to get loud with him, Kyle. You're going to have Irishman drop you in the studio right now. <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. But, but for both of us, you could do wrestling, and I, I did some jiu-jitsu and MMA. It was great because there was weight classes. Right. And I think that's a, that's a great thing to remove that hardware requirement that God bestows on st- some and, and not on others. Now it just comes down to software. Right. How much you go, how many errors you're going to print on in the gym. And you can make up for any, and myself as well, make up for any shortcomings with, you know, a weights program and skill program. So strength matters for sure. And I believe if a man just catches a woman with a hard punch, that's God, probably, that's what Dylan is saying. That's probably all she wrote. Now, does he catch her? <laughs> you know, and Rhonda, I think of of all the female fighters you could have chosen, 
she has the skill set I think that I think is probably best suited to destroy a man <laughs> because <laughs> she's grappling orientated and then it was judo of all styles wrestling you know a takedown art right she, I, I, I think if they fought 10 times oh, Jesus Christ. maybe Dylan catches with one clean punch if he's one of them, 54 years old yeah. bro by he the ain't way, catching by anybody the way, with when, shit when we first had this conversation was when we were shooting the movie which is about six and Dylan years was ago. pretty jacked he was in good shape for he the movie. was in better shape than at 49, 48, right. but Wahlberg was there and Wahlberg was like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, uh, you know? I mean, I just think like, she would grab Like, do you think Dylan, Dylan takes uh, Thug Rose? Does Dylan take <laughs> Thug Rose? She's very little, right? She's, yeah. uh, it's a ridiculous conversation. It is. Having. But we, What about Dylan, Batman versus Superman? Dylan, <laughs> Dylan and I, at one point, like, we had to just stop talking about it because the conversation was just like, almost escalating. I'm like, all right, Kevin, so you I, can beat up Rhonda. Like, I, I think when you're, t- when you're talking like that, if anybody is, has absolute opinions that they're wrong, to be honest, I think you can apply probability. <laughs> so my probability will be that plus, probably plus 95% Rhonda wins. Right. I give Dylan 5%. <laughs> wow. So would you go to Vegas on 5%? I don't know. <laughs> I God, think, I think it's less than 5%, less Rhonda's drinking. That's my... <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Okay, so these fights, these big fights. When uh, so, I'm assuming you you're you're at you're uh, there all you walk in day of the whole pre-fight ritual. What what's the temperature like? Yeah, you, you wake up, you eat breakfast. Does he work out? Walk us through fight day. Yeah, it's um for a big fight. Yeah, it's a little bit different for every fighter. Um, so uh, for the coaching staff, we have to kind of be in tune with them. You're going to have your fighter that wants to be. I've got fighters who the day of the fight is nothing different to them, and they sleep most of the day and they listen to happy music and then you've on the other end of the scale someone that's wound up for the day and you're going to be in their face and you're going to destroy this guy you know so throughout throughout your career with a fighter if you're going from the day they walk in the gym to the first time they have a very big fight that could be 10 years and during that 10 year period I'll have lots of social interactions with them lots of time on the mat with them lots of ups and downs and I will fine tune what my day is like with them whether it's just a touch point with a text. Hey, you got this champ. We've we've done everything we were going to do. Here's the number of rounds you've done in the last eight weeks. This is what we improved on. Don't forget these three major points. This is what we talked about what we're going to avoid, what we're going to make sure that we instigate. Um, so, you know, that that kind of approach. Like a so, straight coaching approach, basically. Yes. Right? Like X's and O's almost. To a exactly. Extent. And so some are going to want that analytical and then some are just going to want, you want to fuck this guy up, you know? Right, right, right. So I, I just think you have to adjust. It's knowing your fighter. Knowing, knowing your, your fighter. Right. And it's why, like, you know, when when we got some big wins and then other pros would, would come visit the gym, you know, is there a secret sauce here, a magic sauce? No, of course not. It's, it's you, I'm afraid. Like like all skills, you've just got to do the stick. You've got to have stick to it in this. You've just got to keep showing up. You've got to go, work through that first year of being awkward and, and not really having a good relationship with the coaches yet because it's a it's a to me it's a very important relationship it's it's not to be too dramatic but you you might be making a decision to throw the towel or not during a fight if you think <sighs> someone's in serious danger so right. you know you just you're some so you're yelling through the cage like watch the right watch the right like, like you, you, it, 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 you know we, we got a bit spoiled when we had uh, during covid when we go to you could hear Abu Dhabi, everything right which is you hear <clears throat> <laughs> in the fifth row, someone clearing the throat, and then we went to the last fight where there's twenty one thousand eight hundred people um, screaming. You turn around, and you're like, "Shh, could you just <laughs> if right. you just give me one minute? I just there's a particular position here we're in." And he uh, is definitely listening though. During the fight, he's able uh, to kind of adjust. And that's another thing that we, again over time they they almost learned that you've a, and I have a certain way of projecting 
on a certain tone that there's no point in screaming because you blend in with the audience. They all are screaming, you know, fuck them up. Right. So you don't want to fall into that same energy. That 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 you want to keep frequency. a different frequency. I'm on a different frequency, right. and I'm trying to get through that crowd and say, move that left hand. Right. And so they sort of learn how to tune into that uh, voice over That's right. tens wild. of thousands of people. What do you think <laughs> you would be, Doug? Would you want to go through X's and O's or just get hyped up? I guess I would want to be hyped up. I guess. Hyped but up. You know, I'm it's not, pretty wild. Yeah, I'm. It, I, I, I'm. My my limited athletic ability, I'm more instinct than exit. Right, and, so. and I think at the beginning, certainly being hyped up, like I could tell you about my first fight and what my corner man did me to hype hype me up, was a bit extreme. But anyway, <laughs> tell um, us. <laughs> I don't know if you want to hear, it, but anyway, um, <laughs> I want to hear. But it. I, I now nah, we definitely want to hear. It. I think why you do that is because you're trying to drown out the voice inside that's saying, "Get the." Fuck out of here! Run out. Well, that's what day. I was about to ask you. The fear. fear. Do you ever see it in Connor? Do you? Is there ever or a anybody? Time? Like right? well, I mean, Chuck Liddell said, he really is not. He, he really doesn't have fear when he walks into the ring. I mean, do you feel that from Connor too? Again, that, that's someone that at the end of their career, you know, and Connor's a very experienced um, veteran. Yeah, but at the early stage of the career, you're you're learning how to deal with that. Like, what does that mean? What is fear? Am I a coward? Is this something that no one else feels? Like, I've gone through this conversation with so many guys in their teens and their early 20s. I actually, funny story, there's a guy in my gym and he, he sort of has like a like a truth Tourette's almost syndrome that he just says things, you know, when he's feeling them. And Connolly does that. I was going to say, that's Doug's, <laughs> right? that's Doug's uh, MO. And we're in a, like a large room. This was an amateur event. And say there's five blue corner, five red corner fighters. We're all together. And he's on the other side and he just caught my eye and he went, Coach, I'm really afraid. Is that okay? <laughs> and the whole room turned, and they, then they all turned to me, and I was like, everybody in this room is afraid. And they all just went, Well, yeah, you'd be we lying if you said you weren't afraid. Right? Now, maybe you get to a point where you're more confident, but I, can you imagine the first... 20 weeks and then you're going to get me in a ring with somebody that wants to punch me in the face? Absolutely not. I'll just jump him in the park. I, I wasn't even talk, <laughs> I wasn't talking the 20-week week program. I was you ain't even going to see me coming, bro. It's but I was talking same. about the best fighters in the it's, world. It's, and it's, believe it or not, it's the same, same. And I, I just think for your first fight, you want to be amped up. You want, you want to drown out that voice that's telling you to run away. Uh, Mike Tyson would famously talk about trying to climb out the bathroom window in, in the stadiums just to get away. Tito Ortiz was the same. Had to be dragged out of the toilet. Chuck, he just had the personality that, that didn't affect him, apparently. I'd be curious what it was like for his first few fights. Yeah. But, but anyway, you know, over time, you become desensitized to it. Yeah. Like, I look at what, what you do, standing in front of a crew and cameras and action. You've got to come out with all these lines. Like, that That to me, I would rather fight Connor tomorrow than do that. <laughs> the, the, the level of fear I would have of the public speaking and everybody judging me, and if I get it wrong. I think what's interesting, though, right now, Mental illness is such a big thing in sports. And now there is a, a clear turn where society is going, okay, it's okay. You're, you're mentally not great. Take care of yourself. Walk away. Simone Biles, you know, last night. I mean, in MMA, if, if one of your fighters, I mean, is, do you think they're anywhere near that in MMA where if one of the fighters is like, you know what, mentally I'm not there right now. I got to walk away from this fight. Do you think they would be accepted in the MMA community right now? Um. You know, I've, I've, I haven't experienced that yet, and I'm trying to think if I've read about anyone. But I have certainly seen, and some of my fighters have been, have been quite open about that, about dealing with it. And I would actually say one, one of the biggest problems, in, in maybe it's sport in general, but certainly in fighting, is, is, is the gram. 
is Instagram and Twitter. And, and I've seen how that's changed people in the last five years. That's crazy. Compared to my first five or ten years doing it. Meaning that they're just more conscious of their fame and everything? Well, you go down the rabbit hole and you're on Instagram. It was funny. I was watching a thing about one of the athletes at the Olympics who literally deleted his Instagram account from top to bottom because it's distracting. I mean, Doug, we talked about it when when we talked about uh, when Mark Cuban was here and Mark Cuban was saying how these athletes now just have different distractions that didn't exist. But also not not even ago. distractions. Like they companies have, and social media and all these things. They have different dreams. Rather than just winning the heavyweight title or whatever, they want to build an empire. Well, now so, you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 yeah, company, right? Yeah. So it might be a distraction. So Right. Like, you know, if you think of the great Ali, like you can, can't really picture him like scrolling through Instagram. <laughs> I don't see him on TikTok. You know, I don't like, see but, Ali but he would have these massive fights. There'd be a lot of, you know, a lot of cameras and journalists around him fight week. And then the day after the fight, I'm sure there's plenty of headlines and he's going to read all the articles and the journalist's opinion. But then it sort of drifts away and he doesn't fight again for four months and he sort of just disappears. And he's not reading about himself every day and everything you say, do, wear, walk. So true, man. Everything is like really broken down. And, And MMA, like all individual sports, it's it's there's a massive amount of pressure on you if you if you're playing uh, football and you have a bad day well the rest of the team might pick up the slack and right. you still get the victory everything's on you yeah and that has very a lot of very positive points but it has very negative points as well and we have to be open and honest about that and talk about it and like I said sometimes now I'm coaching new fighters on, on on social media which yeah talk my first ten years of coaching that was didn't even exist right but we it, it, this the sport is evolving growing. There's more opportunities now for fighters with social media. They can kind of control their own destiny a little bit more. But you get guys in their early 20s and they put something out a little bit wrong. You know, if I'm terrified to think of a camera had to be following me in my 20s and documenting every right. word, gesture I made, every mistake I made, every bar, I had a few too many drinks in. <laughs> right. um, that was all just forgotten. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah. they didn't come about till I was a little bit more sensible in my, in my mid-30s. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's 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 a new world that has new challenges, and we have to evolve with them. And it's it's sort of like my sport. My sport back in, when I started, if you had a little bit of jiu-jitsu, you could fight a kickboxer and make him look average. You just take him down, choke him, and you looked amazing. As time went on, and the Chuck Liddells and the George St. Pierre's, and more modernly, of course, Connor and Khabib and all of these great fighters, it's you have to know so much more now. It's so it's I call it like spinning plates. There's 50 plates in a room, and you can't okay, just be a good, good at your you boxing. You can't just be a good ra- I grappler. My wrestling, you know, I, you I, can't I, just be a good grappler. You gotta you gotta learn to throw. You gotta throw your hands. You gotta be able to do jujitsu. You gotta be able to do all of it. You right, can't just and then be you gotta have monster. the strength and conditioning of Olympian. Then, then now you've got to have the mindset of a of a marketing genius. You got to have brand awareness. You got to make sure you're not upsetting some small but loud crowd on Twitter. Yeah, you, you're you know, right. You know what I mean? There's there's a lot going on, and and so, you know. I'm leaving Connor aside, he's more experienced at it, but someone in their mid-20s having to deal with it, I can't imagine. I look back at me in my mid-20s, I'm like, Jesus, I wouldn't be able to handle any of this. I mean, I think about a guy like Justin Bieber, how hard people make his life. And I know Justin Bieber's got a lot of money but and all that, and he's got everything he ever wanted, but the the scrutiny that that and the eyeballs and the 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 cameras in his face i mean want to hear a quick funny story because he's pretty he's very he's i think he's pretty well uh he's done better than i would have done under that heat that's Uh, i I just he was at the pool the other day with with connor and i I just came down the chair you know you you should bring the chair yeah (laughs) you know when you're in a building and then you walk out into the pool area and it's so bright and i just i was kind of disorientated (laughs) i went
went over and Connor was there and he was talking to this guy and I just didn't really <laughs> take in, you know, and I'm like, oh, what's up, Connor? And Connor goes, oh, turns to his side and goes, oh, this is my coach. So I turn and say, I'm John, what's your name? And he goes, Justin. <laughs> and I was like, Cool, nice to meet you. And then I, I, I love Bieber, bro. I love those. So, I, the but, new but, so you really did not realize who it was, just, and even you after know, you shook his hand, yeah, no, and, then, and, and that we're Irish. Well, we're of Irish descent. I'm of Irish descent. It is. That's like something about it. I'm, I'm too. When, I step out, dad, when I step you know, outside like, in the pool, same right. thing to me. It takes me a second takes for my eyes to adjust. One hundred percent. And it was early in the morning. It was just. It threw me off. And then as I was walking but away... But did he kind of look at you like, uh, I'm Justin Bieber? No, no, Not in a bad way, not but he's at like, I'm Justin. Not at all. He, he, was, he was very gracious. He's a good I, guy. I did realize that. We ended up going to a concert of his the following night. It was, it was good fun. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it was a very, very positive experience. All right, good. Well, this right, was I'm always too, good I for mean, a plus one. I'm always good for a plus one. I do want to get in better shape. I do want to see Connolly in a fight. I, I want to wrestle you in Hawaii, bro. I'll right, choke you out that. on that. We, the we, that'll be a good contest. There's a sentence, isn't it? I want to wrestle you in Hawaii. That was so specific in terms well, of we're combat. Going to, we're location. going to Hawaii in mid-September. Oh, and Doug and I are going to have it There's out. two things that are happening that make it specific. One, we're going to Hawaii. Two, he's very angry. So it's just, <laughs> you know, it, it all comes out. What, but, what, about, what about over the next 24, 48 hours? If, if the tree was to find out. an area, a gym? And I give you like lesson one on the way. I would fucking man. love it. Now he's, he's no, I'll, if, if he wants to go physical, then I'll, I'll tune it up a little bit. <laughs> you'll, with him. you'll you'll take and it. And if you want to learn, tec- if you want to just do technique, we, we we can do that as well. I would love it. So. Whatever we want to do. I would no, I will it. say I broke I broke my uh, I broke my leg, and oh. I, it's funny too because I you know Scott Khan, I signed up and I spent like I don't know, like fifteen hundred bucks. I bought like a pack a packet of of uh, classes from from a jujitsu coach. And when then I broke my leg, and, and I'm not gonna lie, I've been gun shy about it ever since. I I, I think well, this about will it. be an opportunity for me to prove that the whole point of this course is taking people like you're clearly in in, in decent shape already. That's true. You're yeah, way clearly ahead of, way is, ahead. Of is, wait, John, John, forget, forgetting his physical shape. What about the mental shape? He's been talking about that we can work on. But he's been talking about choking <laughs> me out work on. for an hour, well, and then as soon as you're like, we'll go to the gym. He's like, oh, I'm gun shy with the broken leg. No, I'm gonna take you on the beach, bro. I'm taking. This is every Saturday night and every Dublin pub, and this fellas coming up to me. You know what? <laughs> do people come up to you and want to like do they go oh, well that's a great you? question that that was very common that uh, guys will come up and, and be Saturday night and a couple of drinks and say oh, I'd love to do that can, can I come to the gym I know you only train professionals but can I come to the gym and I was like freaking do my head in because no I don't I train mostly you, right? You know right. the average person that just wants to learn. Like in my gym, I've but I wasn't even talking about training. I was talking to people come up to you or Connor and go, "I'd like to fight. I could take you. I, I'm not scared by your skills or whatever." I can't even remember the last time that happened. But <laughs> what, what, what I used to do, this is when it, way back in the day, thankfully, well before social media. In my first gym, I called it the Real Fight Club. You know, <laughs> I love that. You can imagine what lovely people that is. <laughs> right, like if you really want to fight, come down and like. And fight. I just did it. I liked right. the movie, and I, you know, <laughs> I was always, I think I'm a quite pleasant person, and I'd be very cordial to people. And I just thought this was a cool name. So I went around Dublin wearing a t-shirt saying The Real Fight Club, and had an ad in a martial arts magazine. Come down here. So every Friday night, it was without fail. There was a challenge fight. Somebody would show up that had wow. street fighting experience, a martial arts experience, or whatever. And he was like, oh, the real fight club, let's fu- let's try it. Let's test that. But would it be over like a personal beef, potentially? It like, was more just I'm... testing skill. Right. You know, you're claiming to be claiming able to, to be fight. <laughs> no, I'm not claiming no, 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 to be. No, no, oh, oh, okay. no. I'm saying me. Saying, right, you know, I, I was. I was putting the claim out there. Right. I really believed in jiu-jitsu. Uh, I thought against the average person, if you're good at jiu- you don't have to be expert level but if you're good at jiu-jitsu you can make the average person 
look, look very bad. ordinary quickly. Right. So that was my claim. Right. Now, there's no point in me if the, and then the guy shows up at the gym and says, well, all right, let, let's, <laughs> let's test it. I go, well, you've got to move your hand in a very straight, linear fashion. <laughs> right. No, no, not that hand, the other hand. And then, no, you're angling it the wrong way. So I would just say, okay, you do what you want. I will go the intensity that you choose. If you want to swing at me full force, it'll come back at you. If you want to test yourself at a more re- reasonable pace, I'll go at a reasonable pace. Too. Right, so, so I you always can let follow them, their lead. I would always let them set the energy right. of the day. Now, the other good thing about jiu-jitsu is, is that because it's, there's, it's non-striking, you could take them down, pin them, and you wouldn't have to hurt them. You know, I just would pin them and say, okay, we're done. And then most of the time they'd say, yeah, okay, okay. So now did you, two things, did you worry about weight class in that? No. And B, did anyone ever come in and fucking shock you or no? I got clipped a few times. Right. Um, for sure, yeah, you know, a fight's a fight. Yeah. Um, but that's, you've just got to be ready for that. Um, but it was, it was nothing to do with me. It was to do with the art. Jiu-Jitsu is, it only asks of you of patience. And I had given it 10 years at that stage. So I was just so far ahead of the person who's never done jiu-jitsu. Now, the odd person would come in that maybe had wrestling background, and then they're a freaking nightmare to deal with. Right. Because, right. you know, they know enough about grappling for the most That's part. That's why I think I should start at a yellow belt. <laughs> I'm not wearing a white belt. I got to start at a yellow belt or I'm not. I, 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 just want Con- I just want Connolly in this class. But anyway, you'll, you'll give us the info because I, 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 well, I, I would love to this give you lesson one. If you've had time in the next day or two, we could find somewhere. I got I'm time. Sure. I don't know how he's feeling. He's been sick, okay. but. I would, I would love to. I want to get in shape for Hawaii. I really do. I you want wanna, to get in shape. Okay, I like it. We're going we're gonna to do wanna MMA. Fight. I mean, I'm happy to fight you, but I'm not really looking to fight John and like, test my <laughs> skills in 20 episodes. <laughs> you know? cool. It's fun to learn something new. And that's what I like about the program, that it's not just about getting in shape. It's not just about fitness thing. There's loads of 20-week boot camps you could do out there. If you're really interested in getting ripped, you could do that with diet alone. You don't forget about the gym. I've never but, gotten ripped. I've tried the diets. I do the, I'm doing 250 push-ups a day ripped. It just doesn't. It eludes me. I don't know. You got to. You're not eating enough mush. You got to <laughs> eat more mush. But the point about this is it's about learning new skills. And I love that, it. That's fun for me. Yeah. I, I like to learn new skills, whatever it is. I'm not the guy that's going to go and run on a treadmill and just bench press. It's, I do it for a bit, but it's very boring to me. I need, I need to be stimulated. So do I. So that's why if I'm teaching you how to escape the mount position, you're stuck underneath there. You can't move. Your buddy here is pinning you down, making you feel silly. And then I show you a three-step move and you get out. It's almost like magic. I would love it's it. Like you learning, see, I, I only do on-camera muscles. Buys, tries, and shoulders. That's, That's smart. it. What else counts? If you don't see it on camera, I'm not interested. I was trying to get Scott Kahn here today. I think he's a black belt. and I went He choked his, me out. I went oh, wow. to, he did choke Connolly out. But I went to his house the other day and him and, and his trainer were just in it for like 30 minutes they were on like in a lock hold or something yeah i mean there wasn't a lot going on they were just sweating well i'm sure there was a lot going on that's what i'm interested in learning but i i i would love to uh try that and uh maybe we'll get you on the pickleball court which would be a new skill for you that stuff's always come back like uh, you might be able to choke me out but i'll kill you in pickleball (laughs) um what's next for you and connor and and company obviously his his legs banged up but um, yeah Yeah, does he have to get a tune-up fight or does he come right (laughs) back because as a as a uh, fan obviously um partial to Connor, always have been. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them run that one right back just because it was kind of a freak thing. So is that a possibility or or do you, is there some other moving parts to that? Um, I mean, everything's a possibility, right? You can, right. You can have this imaginary future because we're probably looking at, I don't know, six, nine, 12 months away. And who the hell knows what's going to happen? A lot can landscape. happen there, right? So I, 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 the approach I take with Connor, and we did it for this training camp, and, and I thought it went very well, was our 24-hour goals. So we have 24-hour goals, and we reassess that daily. 
Right. And, you know, today, well, even just yesterday, he got um, the stitches out and, and the cast replaced and, and they were very happy with how everything was looking. You know, he has, he's, I say he's now, he's like, actually, Arnold Schwarzenegger was there when this was happening. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm like you now. I'm like Terminator 2. Smart right? cyborg. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're going to be around kicking people in the head with a steel leg. <laughs> Um, so look, just daily goals. Stay focused. He, when I was leaving for this, he was actually going to the gym to do pull-ups and push-ups, and you know he's working as the muscle groups he can work. And I feel if we have good twenty-four hour goals and we we achieve them at the end of every day, the future will look after itself. That right. will that picture will form like in Back to the Future. You'll see that. Doug, let's make some goals. I like goals. it. It's honestly go to bed. Yeah. Go to bed every day as a winner. You have three month goal. You go to bed every day as a loser until you achieve that in three months time. That's a quarter of a year. Why not have 24 hour goals and go to bed every day as a winner? I'm, I'm reading the book and I want to do this because I think, <laughs> honestly, I need that. I went to bed like a total fucking loser last night. I got to be honest with you. Last, uh, yesterday was big, a rough my day. My biggest fear would be like Doug having like a knack for jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if like Doug was just like naturally good at jujitsu with his like long arms and you were just good and Can then, you all, imagine Dylan then all of a sudden in? you were really ch- threatening to choke me out? That would be a problem. Dylan comes in Monday. We have a fight night roundhouse me. kick him. Yeah. <laughs> Doug assaulted me at Mastro's. It wasn't quite a grappling hold. It was a little more, a little more street. But uh, Doug actually having the ability to do that is a frightening thing. So. <laughs> I like it, though. But With anyway, great power comes great responsibility. That's true. Don't that's true. That. So, last thing. Did you ever watch Entourage? Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to admit it, but I was actually quite nervous about uh, about coming over here today because I was such a major fan of the show. During a time when I was when I was living in Iceland, it was, it was almost like religion that we'd watch the show at the same time every week. In Iceland? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even I, know it played there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was that, that was actually an Icelandic friend who introduced me to it, Arnie the Arnie the Ice Viking Isaks, and he got me into it. And we just fell in love with the show. Like I was, I used to hate the finale, you know, the season because I knew it was going to be months. But then he was making Aquaman or something. He'd come <laughs> back, but then of course the Connor story started growing and his entourage, if you want to say. So it was funny for me to see. A little bit power- tougher than our entourage, I'd say. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but what it was, was it was very similar to the program that it was kept very in-house. You know, it was his friend and his brother. And you know, I grew up quite close to Connor and, and we kept it very tight like that. And I, I actually like some of the parallels with the show, you know, going from, from nothing to stardom quite quickly and having to deal with that. And, you know, it's the character you played, I felt that was me a little bit, you know, about you're trying to learn these new skills. And, yeah, and originally I was Connor's manager. Thankfully, I already <laughs> took that over. He's the professional. Right. But certainly at the beginning, um, that, that was my role. And you're trying to make the right decisions for somebody. You realize that they're, they're going to be leaving your stratosphere uh, very rapidly. So you, you need to try to get people in that you still trust, that are loyal, and just that, you know, like I said, the Irishness, yeah. and, you know, you, you got my back in a, in a street fight, and I've got your back in the boardroom. We, we don't really see much difference between the two of them. So, yeah, it was actually, it was so funny. I was telling my girlfriend, like, I was so excited that when I got the original message about going to meet the guys from Hunter. I couldn't believe it. Oh, wow, that's, that's <laughs> it was, really it was cool. See, it was a huge part of me uh, during and, that time. And I know Dylan really wanted to meet you, so it's a shame uh, he's that, not here. He's uh, a big uh, fan. And so did Scott Kahn, by the way. But um, out of the guys, five guys, we got Piven, Connolly, Jerry Ferrara, Adrian Grenier, Kevin Dillon. Who do you think 
would have the best MMA career if you focused on nothing but them? Who would be the guy? <laughs> I, I'm only because I know Connolly's background. I, I'm I'm going to go with him. He has the one of the most fundamental parts of MMA. He has the wrestling. Um, I was watching him running around the, the studio there. He's the very fast. He, he's trying to pick fights for everybody. So <laughs> you got he's got a few qualities there. He's a bit loud. He's a bit, he's, he's nice and uh, confident and and he has ambition. So I actually I agree. Forgot, I, I would him pick a couple Connelly years ago. Well, it's a weight class thing. Yeah. It's a weight class thing. I mean, like, I don't know. Piven? Piven's a big guy. I just, I, I think your Connolly is a guy who, you know, he'll he'll kind of fight anybody. Piven like, was just a little too crazy. aggressive. <laughs> am, am I, he would, he'd have been a one-round fighter for sure. Oh, he would have, yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? Piven would have been out of gas by the halfway <laughs> through the first round. John, we really appreciate you coming in. This was awesome. And uh, I'm glad you're, you're going to get Connolly in a <laughs> I'm ring. excited. By the way, he already said he was going to get some footage of the, of the, Skate League, the senior uh, roller hockey, hockey league. The, the, the lights <laughs> broke. Did you the not? Light, ma- the lights. The broke. lights broke. It's true. I just got to know the lights broke. But the season kicks up soon. Season right, kicks. Well, up. I'm excited. Well, anyway, John's John got a Cavanaugh, great book. Thank and, you so much. And this, I'm sorry. Say the, the name. Warrior Train. Go to WimpedWarrior.com. Warrior yeah. Training Program. You go to my Instagram. You'll see lots of links. I love it. Thanks so much, John. And uh, we really appreciate it. Tell Connor uh, anytime he wants to sign Kevin Colley's cherry to appreciate oh, it. Oh man, that would be great. <laughs> and that wraps up an episode of Victory the Podcast. Follow Doug at Hollywood Ways Trader. <laughs> new podcast <laughs> and uh, I'm Kevin Connolly and Dylan will be back soon thanks and John you, uh, what's your Instagram oh just Coach Kavanaugh awesome. Coach Kavanaugh thanks so much <laughs>